0: For Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC.
1: Hey, how are you? This is uh, Rob Howe with the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. <laughs> Seems like weeks since I've talked to you guys because it's been two weeks. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good vacation. I know somebody asked about that. Uh, It was uh, out to Moab, Utah, and uh, saw the arches, saw the canyon lands, saw Dead Horse State Park, uh, where Thelma and Louise, parts of that were filmed. So, uh, yeah, it was um, refreshing and uh, recharging and uh, trying to get back into the workflow this week. It is Tuesday, July the 12th at about 1025 a.m., a little later start than I wanted. Uh, or planned on, I should say, Uh, I was waiting on Kenwood, Chicago Kenwood safety, Khalil Tate uh, announced his commitment, Uh, it was supposed to be at 10 o'clock, they had some technical difficulties on the YouTube stream, so uh, he announced his commitment to Iowa, chose the Hawkeyes ahead of Wisconsin, Um, also had Purdue in there as well, so it was a Big Ten West um, competition for his services. He's uh, he's earmarked for the cash position. We'll see kind of how things shake out. If he ends up there at strong safety, Uh, he can play cornerback. He's a really versatile player. It's a nice pickup for Iowa. It's its fifth commitment from the big recruiting weekend, the last weekend of June. Um, He joins obviously uh, Caden Proctor was in that group. Um, Zach Orkwith. Worth excuse me the tight end from St. Louis Kenneth Merriweather defensive end, outside linebacker type from Detroit Trevor Lauck offensive lineman from Indianapolis so it was funny I think it was the two weeks ago was the Tuesday after the big recruiting weekend and you know Lauck was the only one who had committed at that point and people were some folks were wringing their hands a little bit of oh no you know only one commitment out of this big recruiting weekend, but I like to tell people this and I'm not preaching or, uh, being condescending here, but it is a recruiting process. And it, it's a different timetable for everyone, e- each prospect, you know, and it's important for each kid to make a decision on his timeline and see, you know, we, we often, uh, frown upon the transfer portal and call, call it a, uh, you know, a sickness or a disease within college sports. Um, sometimes that happens because decisions are made in recruiting that aren't well thought out. So you want to give these guys as much, uh, time as possible to make the right decision for them. And, uh, you know, it's taken, I think it was Caden Proctor, uh, was june 30th i believe so that was the thursday after that weekend and then ortworth was yeah you know several days after that and then meriwether came in after that and now tate comes in after that so it's been kind of a steady flow of five guys that came in i think there were 13 that visited that were uncommitted maybe 13. I can't remember the exact number I wrote about it, but, uh, you know, they're almost a half of that group. Um, you know, there were, they they've lost a couple of those guys to other schools, but I think overall the percentage is Iowa's done really well with that recruiting weekend. Iowa now up to 17 known verbal commitments in the 2023 recruiting class. Um, so doing pretty well uh you know I I would think this class is probably 20 low 20s maybe more you can sign more now um we'll kind of see it's always a fluid situation because you don't know what type of attrition you'll have if any in the fall uh you know with kids that maybe don't feel like they've made enough progress within the program or see a you know, path to playing time, whatever the case may be. Um, sometimes you have guys transfer out, obviously. So um, we'll kind of see what happens here. But that's a good sign. We talked a lot about NIL, uh, things like that. You know, Wisconsin is pretty, um, I'm not sure they're, they're as, you know, uh, what's the word, I'm aggressive with NIL as some other schools are. Uh, that Iowa competes against in recruiting, so I'm not sure what that what really played into this decision. But I think with kids like Colonel Tate, um, Merriweather, uh, you know, or, or with guys like that who have other Power 5 offers, I think Iowa's still showing, even with the NIL, it can compete with the other. Chris Tarek actually chose Wisconsin over Iowa. He was an offensive lineman. Uh, from the Chicago area that visited that big weekend as well. So I guess they're one and one against each other going head-to-head. Head. So kind of where that thing's at, we'll talk much more about recruiting and things like that. Thursday's prog- podcast, the Hotspot podcast, Hawkeye Hotspot podcast with Scott Dockerman. Uh, before we jump into your questions and comments here, uh, I wanted to let you guys that know that, Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited uh, for their support of the podcast, along with Edward Jones and Wild Roads Casino. Appreciate all those guys supporting our podcast here. On Hawk Fanatic, and you can get a fresh. Most weeks, you can get a fresh Hawkeye podcast every business day, Monday through Friday, uh, on our feed at Hawk Fanatic. And uh, so, yeah, check that out if you would, and support our sponsors. Uh, we we would appreciate that. So, uh, let's dive in here. We have some uh, a lot of Drake Timbers. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> We'll kind of slip through these, some of the existential questions we may skip over and just let you guys, uh, let them marinate for with you guys in your mind. Uh, that's kind of, if those that are unfamiliar with Drake Timbers, he's kind of an acquired taste, and uh, he, he's definitely a, a big part of this podcast. Some people don't like that, eh, but that's life. Um, let me see here. I'm going to take a coffee sip. For those that don't listen to the podcast, I drink coffee during the podcast. It's a solo podcast, so I have to take pauses here and now, here and there, too. Man, I'm not doing well with the the, uh, return to action today with uh, my verbal communication. But hang on one sec. That was a coffee sip pause. Um, All right. Looks like Drake got in on July 1st, which was when I was on vacation. And uh that was what? A couple Fridays ago, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Uh, will Notre Dame repay Stanford for opposing Catholic bigotry by pairing with them into the Big Ten? Um <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that question, Drake. Um, overall. Aside from the Catholic bigotry that you accuse uh, Stanford of, uh, is Notre Dame going to be part of the Big Ten? I think it's the big question that's out there right now in college sports. Will Notre Dame join the conference? Will that conference be the Big Ten? I think Stanford's a great fit for the Big Ten. Um, I also wouldn't mind some road trips out to Palo Alto. Um, Would enjoy seeing the farm, so to speak. And they play at the farm. What's more Midwest than, you know, of a college uh, stadium being referred to with the nickname, the farm. So, uh, yeah, I think Stanford and Notre Dame would both be great fits for the Big Ten. We'll kind of have to see um, where expansion goes here. I know Gary Barta said on Friday, I was not at the press conference. I was still... On vacation, that uh, he didn't feel like anything was imminent with more expansion for the Big Ten. Uh, For those that that haven't heard, when I was on vacation, my first day of vacation, Caden Proctor committed to Iowa and USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. So pretty much... uh, that's uh, been a common occurrence for me during my career is the day I take a vacation or sometime within that vacation, usually some big news drops. Uh, so yeah, we got hit with the double whammy that day. And uh, but I wouldn't have changed anything because I really enjoyed my vacation. So uh, another one from Jake Tim, uh, Drake Timbers on July 1st. And that's, I think the day after this news broke. Uh, how valuable are Arizona and Colorado as a land bridge connecting California to the Big Ten? I would say Colorado probably more than Arizona, just based on geography. Um, I'm not sure how much Arizona brings uh, or how like-minded those schools are. I think Colorado would be a good fit for the Big Ten. Um, I think if you're looking at the – the and I, and I know we've got a number of these questions in here about this expansion, but I think if you're looking at um, what makes sense, I would stay uh, north, so to speak, and maybe go Washington, um, Oregon, Stanford in Colorado, maybe Utah in there. Um, those are kind of the schools that I would look at. And I would leave Arizona for maybe the Big Twelve, uh, if the Pac-12, what's left of the Pac-12 after the carcass has been picked over, uh, joins with the Big Twelve. I think that makes more sense for Arizona, uh, being in that that with like Texas schools, uh, and then you could you know add Washington State, Oregon State. But I don't know if Washington and Oregon would want to split from Oregon State and uh washington state but iowa and iowa state are split conferences so you know that's something to consider there too i don't really to be honest with you i am not an expert on college football expansion my answers to these questions are more um what makes sense to me this may may not make sense from a tv standpoint from an eyeball standpoint from a revenue standpoint I'm just looking at it. I think if you if you take the Big Ten to 20 teams, I would look to add uh, either Colorado or Utah, and then Washington, Oregon, and Stanford, because that gets you Northern California, Oregon, and Washington, along with Southern California. So you've got five of the Pac-12 there. And then Utah and Colorado to me are kind of similar. Um, I would prefer Colorado. Uh, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've always like, and I just vacationed out there. So obviously I like that part of the country. I've been to Salt Lake City too. Um, and I think that would be, it's interesting though, because being in Utah, they have some wacky alcohol laws. I'll go off a little bit on a tangent here. And I had to realize, I I didn't remember that. I'd been out to Salt Lake City 20, 20 plus years ago. So I'm out in Moab and I'm realizing all of the beers capped at 5%. And for me, I like a little bit more alcohol content content. And I also like uh, a a stronger IPA beer, bitter hop. And usually those have a higher alcohol. So I had to find a brewery uh, that, because there, the breweries and distilleries, you can uh, you can add more alcohol content to it. But anyway, if you want to get more into Utah alcohol laws, so that's why I would prefer Colorado <laughs> because of the party atmosphere. And I like Boulder more than Salt Lake City. But that again, I don't know from a eyeball standpoint, I would think the Denver market would be better than the Salt Lake City market for the Big Ten. But I don't know how much... TV plays into that. Uh, It obviously plays a big role, but I'm not sure how close those two are from a TV standpoint. I just don't pay that much attention to those things, but check out the Hawkeye hotspot podcast on Thursday. Scott Docterman, that's one of his areas. He loves the conference expansion and TV revenue and all that other good stuff that goes with uh, the uh, macro view of college athletics uh drake timbers checked in on july 8th which was what this past friday he probably was wondering what the hell happened actually he responded to knowing that i was going to be on vacation uh and told me to stop at a dispensary um and the watchtower i did not get to the watchtower i did not see a ufo drake um i did stop at a dispensary just to kind of get that experience so uh, we'll leave that at that. Uh, Drake Timbers from July 8th. What happens after Notre Dame and Miami joined the PAC 12 with the ACC eventually fall like turtles stacked on a crocodile's head thoughts on swim swams lurid expose on sec expansion uh, have do not know who swim Swam is or his lurid expose. So I'll leave that to the listeners that know the reference. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame and Miami will join the PAC 12. So I think that was said somewhat tug tugging cheek. Uh, and I don't know what happens with the ACC if it merges with the SEC or what I just, I don't know where this ends. I don't know where, um, you know, the merry-go-round, whatever you want to call, however you want to, uh, whatever metaphor or analogy you want to make here, where things stop here. If it just, um, You know, if it ends up being two conferences, three conferences, four conferences, however it ends up, um, it almost becomes why even have conferences if the conferences get so big. Um, It's really just more of a, uh, I would almost refer to it more as like those soccer leagues in Europe where you have like premier and then lesser leagues. It's almost like there's going to be like the two power, if it were to be two power, five conference is like two large power five conferences with however many teams are in each of those conferences, that's almost like a league in in and of itself. And I don't, I don't know how you actually play a league schedule once you get up to like 20, 25 teams, how often are you going to be able to play each other? It's almost like it's not even there'll be like little breakdowns of conferences within the conferences that will look like the previous power five conferences. So I don't know where this ends. It's all driven by money, it's driven by TV. Uh that's why the Big 10 picked up the 2 LA schools, obviously a huge TV market there. Uh it's why the SEC picked up Texas and Oklahoma uh to, you know, pa- blue blood um, names, brands to, to have in its conference so Where this ends, I don't know. Obviously, Notre Dame is kind of Clemson. There are some schools out there that are either in the ACC or the Pac-12. I think Oregon you can put in there, Uh, Stanford, um, Washington. Some of those schools, in varying degrees, are, are brands that would help conferences. How much and how logistically you can add schools and still have a you know, a conference alignment where you're going to play conferences. Like, I don't know. I, I really don't know how this ends. It's all fascinating to me. I'm closer to the end of my career than the beginning of my career. So I'm kind of interested to see how this all plays out and kind of just going with the flow. I think it freaked me out more if I was in my thirties, but being in my mid fifties, just kind of, it's entertaining. It's it's just interesting to see, uh where things will go uh drake again has a couple more from july 8th which was on friday which service academy joins the power two so drake is planning for two power five conferences actually be power two conferences uh with the high end high major if you're using basketball schools uh involved in these conferences No, no technical difficulties there. It was a coffee sip, Um, but a service academy. That's a good question. Um, Army's beautiful if you've ever been out there. Uh, Navy, Air Force, uh, the Marines. Maybe the Marines will join the power too. They don't have a a football team, basketball team yet, but they should. Or the Coast Guard. Um, I always thought the Coast Guard should take advantage of, uh, you know, having those waterways and being able to expand. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that joke did not work. Uh, for the Big 12, how valuable are in-state rivalries with the Power 2? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to just pinpoint these different aspects or uh, lenses or views of all of the, you know, the movement and the changes. Um, I don't know as it's as big for like the big 12, I think would still want Iowa and Iowa state to play. I think it would like to have Texas and Texas A&M play, which can now happen now that they're in the sec. Uh, But Baylor, you know, does Baylor play Texas or Texas A&M moving forward or Oklahoma anymore? Obviously that Oklahoma is not a, a, you know, an in-state rival, but, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the big 12 now with adding, you know, the four schools that it's, it is adding. Uh, Does it, is it able to add maybe some of the Pac 12 schools into there to strengthen it and give it a chance to be one of the power conferences, big 10 and the sec are, are solid. You know, those are going to be two. Do they, do those two absorb the other three Or do three and four remain? I think it's going to be hard for it to be five, but you never know. Um, You never know how big this gets. There's so much money involved that I think some of the schools, like, I don't know, take a San Diego State or a Memphis um, or somebody like that and just, you know, think about if money's invested, if they get a bigger piece of the TV pie, whether they're in the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12, the ACC, whatever it may be, Um, how much bigger piece of the pie can it get and how much would it grow a program like Memphis or San Diego state where um, they're pretty good uh, group of five schools, uh, but what would take them to the next level? Uh, Boise state is another one. I just, I wonder how much money at those schools could go into um, because you're, it's still the same amount of athletes. So you know, is there a changing of the hierarchy based on that? I don't know. A lot of questions. Um, Drake was back on Saturday. Congrats to Scott's growing notoriety. Will he be a better Keith Olbermann, a sports reporter going Hollywood and interviewing politicians and dignitaries and hobnobbing with starlets? I hope so. What if reptilian aliens are evolved dinosaurs from an, alternate future timeline. I've thought about that one, actually. Uh, We went out to the Denver Zoo and I saw some reptiles and I'm like, man, that looks like a dinosaur. So uh, spent a lot of time with the gorillas. They fascinate me. Monkeys in general fascinate me. Um, Got some really good photos of them from the zoo. Uh, Got some good photos out at the arches too. Uh, Amazing views out there. The arches, canyon lands, it's an incredible part of the country. Uh, As I told my wife, nice place to visit, wouldn't want to live there. Um, It's a dry heat, they say, but it's freaking hot either way. But I did not miss the Midwest humidity. Uh, My grass grew wildly over nine, 10 days, but the garden grew as well. So it's the pluses and minuses of being away. And as far as Scott's notoriety, uh, Scott does a good job. Um, He's much more, uh, what's the... term I'm looking for. He's much more uh camera ready than I am. I look kind of like a bum uh with facial hair and uh you know hair on top of my head that goes sometimes really crazily long, then I cut it all off. I'm just Scott's steady, whereas I'm kind of all over the place. So I would say I'm happy for him and enjoy my podcast with Scott. I'm glad we started doing that when Mark Morehouse decided to step away. From the business and the on Iowa pod was no more. Um, with those two guys, they did that for around a decade, I think, or something like that. Scott and I will be going on, I think, two years this fall. So, um, the hotspot podcast is alive and well again. Thank you to our sponsors Edward Jones, Wild Rose Casino, and Systems Unlimited. Um, Another one from Drake, there's a scene in The Dark Knight, you lost me there, I never saw The Dark Knight, where the Joker snaps a pool stick in half. He gives the splintered ends to two groveling men, instructing them to fight for a position on Joker's gang. If Big Ten's the Joker, who wins, Oregon or Washington? I like how you phrased that. I like how you set that up um, with a very, to, to me, obscure reference, although a lot of people are. I'm probably in the minority of people. Uh, that haven't seen the dark Knight. I'm not a, a huge uh, superhero movie guy. If that's uh, the term I'm looking for coffee sip. Um, I think it's a great question. You've got film Phil, Phil Knight and the, and the Oregon money. Um, and kind of the bought brand uh, built up through having, incredible resources uh and then you have the seattle area for washington uh not in seattle um i would prefer washington i think it gets you the tv market and i think washington would benefit from being in the big 10 um but i think that's probably a toss-up maybe 51 49 depending on which way again not an expert in this area at all from a tv standpoint revenue standpoint um both have really good resources. Oregon's more uh, from the Nike money, whereas Washington's more from location. But, uh, you know, why Oregon gets you in the Portland market and uh, gets you kind of in, a, in a, you know, in, in another state, so does Washington. Those are two like states. If you've got Stanford, maybe Stanford kind of covers that Northern California, Washington, and then you go Stanford, Washington. And then leave the middleman out. it's Oregon. just kind of some thoughts there, but I don't really have a strong feeling either way. Uh, Drake Timbers back in again, these are all Drake Timber's questions. Uh, I've got another question from somebody else, but I'm going to finish up the Drake Timber questions here. Um, Is corruption contagious considering the amount of despot and oligarch despot and oligarch hidden in the US can pour? Record keeping practices spread through money? Do our intentions linger in objects we gift between the LA schools and the Big Ten? Who changes the other more? Um, I would think of, with this landscape, the other questions, those are the ones I'll let marinate with the listeners. But um, the actual sports Big Ten, Iowa centric question, uh, I think it probably helps USC and UCLA. Uh, the Pac 12 is a Has a strong history, but I think it started to fade as the Big Ten and the SEC grew and even the ACC with Clemson uh, winning national championships in football. Um, The Pac-12, I think, is just kind of, I don't want to say gone downhill, but it's lost exposure. Um, The Rose Bowl isn't as big a deal anymore because of the college football playoff. Before it was the BCS. It it kind of whereas the Rose Bowl before was always considered you know one of the main events now you've got at least the semifinals and final of the college football playoffs bigger than the Rose Bowl and then you have other matchups that are more appealing uh, whether it be in the sugar or the orange or the cotton or wherever that can be more appealing than the Rose Bowl so um, I think that's contributed to it I just think that you get If you're USC and you're UCLA, um, you get exposure, you know, in the Midwest, in the East and in the West, it's going to be interesting to see from a TV standpoint um, when their games will be scheduled. I mean, do they play, you know, an 11 o'clock game at Rutgers, which would be, you know, eight o'clock in the morning in the, you know, and they in their internal clocks from LA. Um, you know, does Maryland play at UCLA at like with a nine o'clock kickoff? Pac 12, formerly Pac 12 after dark, which would be like midnight for the Rutgers players and their internal clocks or Maryland players, whichever one I made an example of. So, yeah, um, scheduling will be interesting, but. Also, will be interesting to see uh, what that LA market brings for the Big Ten. Um, so, good questions there, Drake. Let's move on to some others here. I don't have many more, but uh, E at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014 says he's back. I don't know where you went. Where did you go, E? Um, I was on vacation, so maybe there was something I missed while I was on vacation. i think trying to stay off of social media when I can. Spend a lot of time off of it while on vacation. It's good for the health. It's chicken soup for the soul to stay off Twitter. For me, personally, you guys do you. For me, I like being off social media when I'm on vacation, and it's kind of let me be off social media more when I'm not on vacation. I kind of. Um, I'll say progressed in that way over the last few years. Or so uh, do you think Keegan Murray will stay with the Kings or get traded after his first year in the league? Man, um, I think if Sacramento is going to do anything to get itself back, I think it's been what 15, 16 years since it made the playoffs, something like that, that uh, it needs to to keep the guys at drafts, you know, it, it, Tyrese Halliburton had traded away, but you know, Got pieces from that. We'll see. We'll see what they can build. But I I would not anticipate them trading Keegan Murray. Uh, I think he's a guy that can help your franchise on and off the court. Uh, He's a likable guy. He's a guy that's easy to root for, and he's a really good basketball player. He's played well in the summer league, albeit it's the summer league. So I think some expectations need to be tempered, uh, and the um, the context of who he's playing against is different than what he'll be playing against obviously during the regular season, but it's a good sign that he's played well. I think he stays with the Kings for a while. Um, I think the Kings uh, at this point uh, with Mike Brown as the coach, I think they've got, they're getting a little bit more stable. The Kings are so kind of see where they go from there. I hope he does stay. I hope he helps bring a resurgence to Sacramento. Uh, Were you surprised Megan Gustafson wasn't in the, WNBA All-Star Game this past weekend. be completely honest with you, E, I was on still on vacation. I did not <clears throat> excuse me, watch the All-Star Game. I don't even know if she's deserving of the All-Star Game. See, the WNBA, I think, when I get a chance to watch it, um, I do with my kids, um, and they enjoy it, but it's during the summer, and we're often out, like, obviously we're on vacation, but we're often out doing things, and We don't, we're not around for the game. So I think it kind of gets lost. Whereas the NBA is on during cold months of the year in the Midwest and in Iowa City. So we watch more of that. So it's not a male-female thing. We enjoy both. Will the new baseball renovations help recruiting? Um, It can't hurt, It certainly cannot hurt. And it's long overdue. Uh, So yeah, I think it can help recruiting. Any UI baseball NIL deals coming? Uh, I would think that Brody Brecht would be able to get something done um, with his dual sport. I think Ben Keeter is somebody. Uh, he's a, he'll be a senior at City High. Uh, just won a the Pan Am Games. He won a, some international wrestling competition in Mexico the other day. Um, and he's coming in as a, a linebacker I and mean, a uh, he's going to try to wrestle and play football at Iowa, which would be intriguing. I would think that those two sport athletes would have a little bit more. Um, juice in the NIL window, but I don't know. I'm not an expert on that either. Uh, Got a couple more here. Sit down at Love the Hawks. Uh, Are are there any receivers that we have a shot at still for the recruiting site? Yeah, Uh, Brayson Bowell from uh, Tennessee is one uh, who I've written about. Um, That story will be coming out at some point this week sit down and um, I think Iowa will identify uh, Judah Millett is a guy who has a walk-on offer from Chicago right now I think he's has a chance to, to get a gray shirt or if those are even a thing anymore or an offer at some point I think they I think coaches want to evaluate him in the fall those are a couple names there and Iowa will evaluate receivers in the fall um, I think at this point, that's probably best rather than throw something out there now that, you know, maybe to a, a Mac level kid or something. And maybe they can check in the transfer portal as well this fall. And because uh, at this stage, it's probably not they're not going to edit somebody that's going to help them a lot in the 22 season. So you're looking forward beyond that. So I would check in the transfer portal. I would turn over every rock you need to turn over to look for receiver, but it's a good question because uh, Alex Moda from Marion, Marion high school in the 23 class is the only guy earmarked to be a receiver uh, of this group of recruits. Uh, There could be others. I mean, Khalil Tate played receiver in high school. I I think he's probably pretty solid uh, at a safety cash spot, but um, we could have position changes as well. But yeah, recruiting and Alex Mota hasn't played a lot of receiver in high school, but neither did Arlen Bruce. He went from Kansas City uh, to Ankeny for his senior season and he was a quarterback till he got to Ankeny and didn't play receiver until his senior year of high school. And he's turned out okay. So there's ways to, you know, if you remember, Margaret McNutt came to Iowa as a quarterback. Uh, Ed Hinkle, they weren't sure if he'd be a receiver. Or a defensive back. He started at safe, started his career at safety. He didn't actually start a game at safety. He started his career at safety before moving over to receiver. So we kind of see how this goes here. Uh, with. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's certainly something to keep an eye on. And sit down. Uh, so good question out of you, Jake Markham at J Markham 1337. Uh, how was vacation? Again, as I said earlier, Jake, it was excellent. Too short as always. Vacations are always too short. I didn't realize, though, on this vacation, I need to get away. Um, I think there are times I can get away more to refresh. and don't, I get into this, i don't want to call it a rut. I just get into this pattern uh, of work and um, trying to exercise and doing things with my kids and all those things. And I get kind of bogged down. I need to come up for air more. And see, like I said, get off social media and do more beyond my work life. I'm getting a little older now, more reflective. This trip made, you know, it's showed me the beauty of the the country. Uh kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. And I've been we do national parks, so I've seen this, but since COVID, our last big vacation was Maine back in 2019, I think it was. So I kind of got in that COVID rut that I'm hopefully coming out of. So Really enjoyed the vacation. I would definitely recommend it to uh, to folks to go out see the arches and canyon lands. I don't even think the Grand Canyon is that far from there. Maybe five, six hours from the area we were in and we thought about it, but did not have enough time. We didn't really have enough time to see the canyon. lands. We only got to see um, the island part of the park and a little bit of the needles, but park is just massive. And uh, it's, I mean, you have to drive, hours to get to, into entrances of certain parts of the park maybe not an hour hour and a half to get to certain parts of that park so definitely would recommend and definitely would uh recommend and, and uh, share that you need a lot of time to see all that stuff you expect any more basketball recruits to commit soon you eventually think it will be two big super conferences in football Take the last one first, I really don't know, and I kind of talked about this already in the podcast. I don't know where it ends. I think it's going to be hard for it to just be two big ones. Um, I think it would make more sense if there were three or four. It gets too big and it's not even like a conference anymore. it's a It's just kind of a big league, right, which I guess is a conference with a bunch of schools that won't play each other at certain times, you know so. Um, I don't know how big you can get. I mean, it's going to be hard enough for the SEC and the Big Ten to be able to come up with schedules where teams are playing each other often enough to even realize they're in the same conference, you know? So – and and balance the schedules. How do you come up with a conference champion when, you know, maybe like this year coming season, Purdue doesn't play Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State. They do play Penn State, um, but it doesn't play – those other three in the East, that's a big advantage. When you have Iowa playing Michigan and Ohio state, Wisconsin, I think plays, I know Wisconsin plays Ohio state. I don't know, but that unbalanced schedule can obviously influence who's going to play in the conference championship games. And you want to be able to regulate that. You want to, you know, uh, reward teams that deserve it the most. And I think that's hard to do if the conferences get too big, but just my two cents i am be interested to hear Scott's opinion on that on Thursday. We'll spend plenty of time talking about conference expansion uh, and then basketball recruits. I think um, uh, Price Sanford. Uh, I, I like the ch- Iowa's chances. I think he'll officially visit here at the end of July. Uh, I think he'll visit the, the same weekend as JP Estrella, who I wrote about yesterday. A big man from back east as well from Brewster academy um so yeah i think Iowa would like to get two more guys in this class i think price is probably one if they could get estrella and add them to owen freeman and brock harding that's your four for the 2023 class that would be a really good class i think sanford probably commits here jake before the summer's out and then estrella will kind of have to see here he's got an iowa official at the end of july and also a Duke official. I think Iowa sits pretty well with him, but obviously, whenever you're going up against Duke, uh, that's that's tough. You don't win a lot of those battles. But I think Iowa is well positioned for 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 the kid because they got in early, and we'll kind of see how that plays out. But uh, I think I think Iowa will be solid three with Freeman, Harding, and Sam in twenty three, and then we'll see what that fourth spot brings. So. That looks like it for the questions and can, unless I miss something. Um, I don't see any. If I'm not getting to your questions or I'm not reading them on here, you're, uh, you're not getting through to me. Um, it may be because you're blocked or muted. Um, I've had to go through that quite a bit over the last few years. Um, some people would say that's thin skin, but I have very thick skin and have <laughs> with a lot of blowback from the way I report that pe- some people don't like it and that's fine. But uh, if I'm missing your um, questions, that could be the reason, or just they don't come through. Sometimes with Twitter uh, there's things that I don't see and then i you know, it'll pop up in another day or two, but I got to all the questions and comments that I can see. So that will do it for this edition, uh, this episode of the mailbag podcast, the Hog Fanatic mailbag podcast. Thanks again to Systems Unlimited, Edward Jones and Wild Rose Casino for their sponsorship. Thank you everybody for the questions. Thank you all for listening and we will talk to you again next week. Peace.